Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Second Take Cinema. As always, I am your host, Jamie Evans, from Impala Films, and joined, as usual, by the incorrigible Mr. Rory Jocelyn from Cyberpunk Studios. Hello, everybody. How you doing, Rory? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm alright, I'm alright. So today, we are uh, doing something new for the show, a new genre. We're getting back in our TARDISes and we are travelling back to ye old year of 2001 for a family comedy uh, from the director of Sin City, El Mariachi, and one of my personal favourites, Planet Terror. El Mariachi. Mariachi. Mariachi, is it? Mariachi. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. Because <laughs> uh, I always just pronounce it Mariachi, yeah. and then I'm sure someone told me it's pronounced Mariachi in the actual Spanish. It's like machete. I always used to call it machete, but apparently it's pronounced machete. Right. Okay. Well, I don't know anything for a fact, but fair play. Neither do I. Maybe some of our Spanish Let's just say Desperado, because that's definitely right. <laughs> yeah, Once Upon a Time in Mexico as yep. well. Um, and spoiler alert, future episode, Alita Battle Angel. Yes. That we're going to be doing. Um, quick fun fact about this director that I only learned while doing the research for this. Um, when he directed Sin City um, in 2005, I want to say. Six. Well, he probably filmed it in five. Yeah. Uh, he felt that Frank Miller's visual style was so important a component of the film yep. that he wanted to be co-director. So even though he actually directed all of the film, he Apart wanted... Apart from one scene. Apart from one scene, he wanted Frank Miller to be credited as co-director. Yeah, because it's so similar to... It. I've, I've got the actual yeah. graphic novels. They're so close. It's yeah. insane. And the Directors Guild wouldn't allow it. They said, no, that doesn't count. Unless he was actually on set directing, it doesn't count. Um, so Robert Rodriguez, uh, being the stand-up kind of guy he is, quit the Directors Guild of America. Right. So that he could co-credit Frank Miller. and Why couldn't he just bring Frank Miller into direct a scene? And because he did that, <laughs> he um, he actually had to relinquish. He had been, he'd been contracted to direct John Carter for Disney. Right. Which, you know, bullet dodged for yeah, Robert I know, Rodriguez. Because that's one of the most infamous bombs, uh, bombs of all time. Yeah. Um, but he had to give that up. Because yeah. he wanted to do the right thing by Frank Miller. So, stand-up guy. Yeah. Anyway. Interestingly, Sin City, there is a scene directed by Quentin Tarantino. You know him and Rodriguez do that a lot? Yeah, yeah. Because there's a... There's he a paid s- him a dollar, because that's a thing they... I can't remember which way around it started, but one of them, it started with, hey, do this scene for me, I'll give you a dollar for it. And it just becomes a thing every now and then. They'll just cross each, I, into each other's I think movies for a dollar. I think it starts in... Because they did From Dust Till Dawn, which was written by Tarantino, but directed by Rodriguez. Yeah. And then there's a, there's a Tarantino film that Tarantino is in, and he's only got one scene in it, and his scene was directed by Rodriguez, even though it's a Tarantino film. Right. But I don't remember which one it was. I want to say Pulp Fiction. Mm. Is Tarantino in Pulp Fiction? Yes, he is. He's the... Uh, he's- uh, I think character name is Jimmy. He's the guy that um, uh, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta go to after they've shot the kid in the head right. in the back of the car, and they need to clean up the car, dispose of the body. Oh, and he calls Winston Wolf. And Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, Rodriguez directed that scene then. Okay. Because uh, obviously Tarantino was in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's an interesting little friendship that they've got there. Yeah. Um, so today we are doing Spy Kids. So let's lights, camera, action as we go back to 2001 and look at this little ditty. 
So today we are looking at Spy Kids. This is an episode that I put uh, in the thing because uh, you'd never seen this, had you? No, no, I hadn't. And I was hoping to live my life without having seen this film. Well, because you've seen Spy Kids 3, I haven't I haven't seen you? all of it. I've seen clips of Spy Kids 3. The reason being is uh, Spy Kids 3 is going to be in our sister show, uh, Video Game Movie Podcast, also known as VGMP. Mate, I feel like we're going to have to watch Spy Kids 2 for context. No, I don't think we will. Point. No, I'm not. I'm not. Like, Spy Kids 3 is garbage. Like, from the bits I've seen, like, the CGI is awful. It, it's... And I think it's also derided as the worst in the series anyway. It is. But it's... Like all of these films, probably because it's got Robert Rodriguez attached, a huge swathe of celebrities, including Sylvester Stallone as the main villain. Uh, it's got um, Ricardo Montalbain as their grandfather and things like that. So there's a huge amount. And, and that's on top of the cast that is ported over from this film. Um, yeah, so it's a very strange, uh, thing where it's like higher budget, higher, like brand awareness and actor recognition, but looks cheap as like, looks like an indie movie. It looks as, uh, to me, it looks as bad as anything else we've done on the like game box 1.0, um, you know, pure garbage. Right. Um, so, but let's, let's talk about Spy Kids one, but yeah, that's the reason that I know anything about the franchise. I was I'm, at 15. I was too, too old. old to have watched this when it came out and I was just like, Oh, kids movie. Yeah. And, uh, just never touched it. Yeah. I feel like I was exactly the right age when the first one came out. Um, we'll put it this way. I distinctly remember that the first one I was really excited to see. And then by the time the second one came out, which was only a year later, wow. uh, I felt I was too old for Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen the first one and never seen any of the others. Because no. the second one came out and I was like, I'm too old for that baby shit now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 12, mom. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, just to give you some stats on this film. So it was released in 2001. It is written, edited and directed by Robert Rodriguez, mm-hmm. um, who co-produced the film with his wife, Elizabeth Avalan. Uh, they're not married anymore, but I think they were at this point. Or I think maybe they got married just after this. Uh, it stars Alexa Vega, Daryl Sabara, Danny Trejo, Antonio Banderas, Carlo Carla Gugino, Alan Cumming, Terry Hatcher, Cheech Marin, Robert Patrick, the T-1000 himself, uh, Tony Shaloub, and Mike Judge, who I do believe is also a writer, because isn't he the creator of King of the Hill? He is the creator of King of the Hill. Nice. Um, it was made for a budget... Of $35 million. Oh, you don't see it. And grossed $147.9 million. Oh. Uh, it was incredibly well received, holding a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Uh, yeah. With a three uh, audiences polled by CinemaScore give the film an A on average. No. Um, Roger Ebert gave it 3.5 out of 4 stars, uh, called it a treasure. And wrote, movies like Spy Kids are so rare. Families are often reduced to attending scatological dumber and dumbest movies like C Spot Run. I've never seen I've never seen C Spot Run, but no. we're slating C Spot Run here. Movies that teach vulgarity as a value. Spy Kids is an intelligent, upbeat, happy movie <laughs> that is about that is not about comedy of embarrassment, that does not have anybody rolling in dog poop. And that would rather find... It has a poop joke. But it didn't have anyone rolling in dog That's poop. That's true enough. Um, that would rather find out what it can accomplish than what it can get away with. Mike LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle wrote, It's entertaining and inoffensive, a rare combination in a kid's film, which are usually neither of those things. What um, kid's movies have they been watching? Fucking Alien? 
What are they talking about? Ineffective. Did you see? Did you, and... see, did you see a lot of nineties kids films? A lot of nineties kids films. What Lion King? Bad. Um, not Disney ones. I'm oh, talking well, oh, other let's stuff. Let's not ta- count all the children's films of the nineties. You know Toy what I mean. Story. Um, and no, uh, we don't count all the kids ones. But other than the kids ones, it's not got all the vulgarity of the kids and, movies. And uh, retrospective uh, looks back at Spy Kids often praise it for uh, featuring a Latino family as its main character. Apart from the at sun. A time <laughs> At a time when that wasn't necessarily a very popular thing to do. That's fair. That's um, fair. And Tony Shalhoub uh, remembers the film very fondly um, and uh, praises it. And he's, he's glad he did it. it. He's um, the best actor in it. Oh, well. Uh, Vulture writer Lana Murray positively described Spy Kids with oddities like the Thumb Thumbs as an example of an era where films could just be weird without having to explain themselves. And she called Shalhoub's performance the best in the film, reasoning that he plays everything so hilariously straight-faced that it only enhances the chaos around him. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, just to give you a couple of production-based facts... Um, this was indeed Robert Rodriguez's first big film, in air quotes. Right. Everything before this had been like a proper indie movie. Right. Um, he had always wanted to do a family film. Apparently one of the first shorts he ever made was a family-friendly film. Uh, he wanted the film to feel like it had been made by children. Uh, his reasoning being that a film for kids should feel like it was made by kids. Uh, and the design of the creatures, like the floops and the thumb-thumb guys, are actually based on drawing. Rodriguez himself did as a child nice. um, when that he was playing make-believe and my last little fact is that the the fake-out villain Floop, who yeah. obviously we know gets overthrown, uh, was inspired, but the, the inspiration there was what if there was an evil version of Willy Wonka, and I can see that I, I can mean, see that. He's there's got a question that. that Willy Wonka may be evil anyway. Well, yeah, I know, <laughs> but he's definitely you can definitely yeah, yeah. see the Wonka vibes Yeah, yeah it's definitely a Wonka performance. Yeah. So as always, this is your spoiler warning for anyone who doesn't want Spy Kids spoiled for them. Even <laughs> no. though it's been out for like 22 the years. The lore has been ruined for I know, me. I know. It's been out for 22 years, you know. They you are, a chance they are rebooting it. Oh no. They are, uh, Rodriguez is currently working on Spy Kids Armageddon. which it, which it's, No, Bruce Willis has to go on well, an asteroid with the Spy Kids. No, no, no. Kids. This is the bit you're going to hate. I read the plot synopsis. It's going to be a VGMP movie. No. It's a VGMP movie. You did that with Spy Kids yeah, 3. He's doing it better, hopefully. <laughs> I doubt it, considering the quality. I said hopefully. Uh, what? Okay. No, okay. You'll explain that to me afterwards because it's not relevant to this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am intrigued by it having to be a VGMP episode. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like the same as the third. It's, it's, it's got something to do with virtual reality and video games. Yeah, so it's the third film again. Yeah, basically. So it's not a reboot. It's a rebuild of the same third film. Yeah, except this is the new a new timeline because obviously the kids are not kids anymore. <laughs> well, In fact, they weren't kids by the time of the fourth one. Uh, they did a fourth one called Spy Kids. It's about time, or it's all about time, or something like that, or just in time. I've already forgotten. But that was made Spy by Kids University. <laughs> yeah, but that was made ten years after the first one. So right. Alexa Vega and so Daryl definitely were... been in their twenties at least by that point. Yeah, they yeah. were too old for it. Um, it's got Jessica Alba in it as the mum. Because right. it's not the same parents. In fact, the only cast member who is still in the fourth one is Danny Trejo, uh, which I think he did as a favour, because uh, he's actually related to Robert Rodriguez, I found out in my oh, research. Okay. He is his second cousin. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, Spy Kids. Um, I first saw this back when it came out. 
on DVD, I think I saw it. Really liked it. I think I saw it twice. Really liked it. Never saw it again since I was 11 or so, or 10 when I saw it. Uh, And my memory of it has always been that I enjoyed it. Uh, Watching it back, um, it is one of those things where your memory isn't quite accurate. Um, It's not as dark as I remember it being. Not at all. Um, I, I I remember there being more body horror to it with the floop things. Right. Um, like I remember when Tony Shalhoub becomes the weird thing with like multiple heads. Um, I remembered him being in it more once he's in that form. He just uh, kind of stands and talks a bit though. Yeah, he? and you, you thought they'd have done a lot more horror with well, that. The bit that always stuck in my mind was the Frankenstein bit when he first becomes that and he like breaks out of the table and you get that Frankenstein style shot of him reaching up, but he's got. Multiple, multiple hands, hands yeah. Um, yeah that is in the film yeah but, but that memory had obviously stuck in my head and from you... the film and i thought it was a bigger deal in the film than it was yeah, it's quite brief wasn't it in um the I, film? I had forgotten robert patrick was in it i'd forgotten that they were robot children i'd completely forgot that was the plot mm. i thought it was just the weird floop things and the thumbs um no i'd forgotten about the thumbs oh okay i'd completely when they turned up i was a bit like oh god what have i done <laughs> why have i picked this <laughs> i um, still think they look like middle fingers no, just, I love. I much prefer the idea that they don't just, have enough joints in them. Yeah, but I would have preferred that if they're just people. Yeah, well, basically it's a kids' every, film. <laughs> so, but nobody, you could have just argued yeah. that it's just any so, finger. To give a brief summary of the plot, uh, Carla Gugino and Antonio Banderas mm-hmm. play a married couple. Uh, they were spies on opposing teams at one point. Got married, retired, but they still kind of work as consultants. But they both miss that life, and they kind of want to get back into it. Uh, they've got two kids, um, June, Junie, and Junie's the boy, and Car- Carmen or Car- Carmen. Carmen it is Carmen, yeah. isn't it? Or Car- Carmela? We just watched this. Carmen. Carmen. I'm sure it's Carmen, uh, played by Alexa Vega. And yeah, when she farts, she's tooting Carmen. That's a VGMP joke. Sorry. Anyway, what did Roger Ebert just say? <laughs> no scatological He missed the humor. poop joke. Straight off. Oh, to be fair, it was a br- the briefest of poop jokes. There's, there's at least another no po- dirty joke. No oh, no. poopy show. The kid wheeze next to a shark. Yeah, but no poopy so, show. It doesn't matter that there's no poop. We see him piss next to a shark. Piss isn't scatological. It, yes, it no, is. No, it's not. There's a different All right, term water for sports that. then. Yeah. It's so water sporting a flipping shark. Anyway, yeah. But no, it's highbrow art, this film. Oh, it's definitely not highbrow art. Pissing on a fucking shark. Um, Anyway, um, they end up going on a spy mission because... um, Lots of their colleagues are disappearing. Are disappearing. They they go on a mission and get captured. And the two children, um, they are sort of forced to improvise. And they learn that their parents are spies. And they go on a bit of a spying adventure. And it's, it's all very... It's got all the tropes of a James Bond film, really. It's got mm. cool gadgets, um, double agents, a twist where the villain turns out to not be the villain. Yep. Um, the villain has a ridiculous evil lair that anyone who looks at it should surely be like, that's an evil lair. Yeah. Why is this children's TV show broadcast out of a sea castle? That's not a sea castle. That's an evil lair. Yeah, you can kind of... Um, yeah, it... it... When he went for the view that it should look like it's directed by children, he definitely got that. Yeah, I think he has achieved it. He achieved yeah. like that part of it. I mean, that's one of the things I kind of don't like about the film. But 
Well, we're, gro- Fair- we're grown men. It's, it's I'm a grown-ass man. But at uh, the same time, like, considering that was the angle he was going for, well done to him. He mm. achieved that. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that strikes me the most about this film is it very much feels, through a combination of intention and the CGI not being great, um, it feels like a live-action cartoon. The physics feel like cartoon physics. Yes. Um, people... Well, the best example is um, Junie literally whacks himself full in the face with a metal case <laughs> and springs back up immediately. Yeah, that was actually one of the funnier pratfalls in the film. Yeah, Characters are able to just pop up when it's relevant. Like, this is the bit, isn't it, when Tony Shalhoub is in the room and Antonio Banderas pops up, then Carla Gugino pops yeah, up. Yeah, from bottom of frame. But yeah. like, and he's like, where are they coming from? It's like, they literally, mm. like, in, in literal senses, they he would have seen all of them all at once yeah, without they, any issue. In literal sense, but, if you pull that camera back, they're just all crouched they're just, yeah, next they, to him. Just standing, yeah, yeah, just kneeling down next to Antonio Banderas's knees. Yeah, but within the context of the film, it really reminded me of like old Looney Tunes cartoons when Elmer Fudd would be like, "Where'd that wabbit go?" And Bugs Bunny would just like pop up out the bottom of the frame, be like, "Hey, what's up, Doc?" What I would say about that is that there are points in this film where that's achieved really well, and there's points in this film where I don't think it works. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure if it's. Not necessarily the tone of the film, but it, it. I think it's to do with some of the performances. The reason that Tony Shalhoub is the best thing in it... Shalhoub, sorry. Tony Shalhoub is the best thing in it is because he... Obviously, it's not a serious role or a serious film, but he treats it somewhat seriously. Well, like she said, he plays everything really straight-faced. Yes, but that makes it funnier. Whereas, um, actually, Antonio Banderas and a lot of the other actors in this, they treat it as the comedy. Mm. Um and I, for me, that didn't work. Yeah. They're taking a comedy script and going, <laughs> funny. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that doesn't work. But there are times, um, the guy who plays Floop. Alan uh, Cumming. He's very good in it. Yeah, uh, he's he, one of my favourites in yeah, it as well. Him and Tony Shalhoub, they both get it right. Where uh, He's a wackier character than Shalhoub, but he's got the correct intentions. He's He feels like a kid's TV entertainer uh, gone maniacal. Yeah. Uh, and... I can believe that. But there's parts with him, like, um, what was it? There was the one right near the end when he turns good, quote unquote, mm. and they were in the computer room. Yeah, and there's and no redemption at all. He just turns good and you're like, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, it makes no real sense. But forgetting that part, it's uh, when he's in the room and he says there's it, uh, there's a failure or something and then it comes up on the screen. Oh, it's too late. That's it. Yeah, they can, you got to do this. Goes, it's too late. And because the, the TVs all around him say too late. Yeah, they um, literally say the words too late. Yeah, and it, that is very much like a, an old Warner Brothers cartoon. Mm. Uh, and that worked really well in that regard. Yeah, I found that bit funny. But again, he played it straight. If he was like, it's too late, and it came up, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And I think a lot of the actors were playing in that, uh, sort of, because they were looking at it as a children's film. Yeah. Um, I would have preferred it, I think, if more of the actors were playing it straight. I don't really care too much about the kids. Yeah. because Because they're kids. They're kids. <laughs> and like their, their experience in acting range and things like that is going to be very limited. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily have gone, well, I expect the kids to act more like Shakespearean actors throughout yeah. this piece. But certainly of someone with a lot more experience like Banderas, I was kind of very disappointed in Banderas' performance in it. Yeah. Because it's very, it's very tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it was... I didn't, I didn't like that. I love... and uh, To show that I like Banderas... I love Banderas in lots of roles. But in a comedy role, 
um, he was in Expendables 3. And he's very much the comic relief character in Expendables 3. And out of all the main cast, he's the only real one that fully works. But he's the best thing in it. Yeah. As a comedy character. But his character, he's not sitting there going, and I say silly lines. Yeah. You know, he's saying the lines straight, and that mm. makes it funnier. I, I liked it from a perspective, because like yourself, I actually really like Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Um, I've seen quite a few of his movies, um, and I believe he is a frequent collaborator with Robert Rodriguez as well. Yes. Um, well, you see, he, he, so El Mariachi, or Mariachi, whichever way it's said, um, that was not him. That was a very low-budget affair, had almost no budget, pretty much. Uh, when he made the two sequels, which was Desperado, Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, obviously Antonio Banderas was the person he brought on board as the main character. Right. And that's when it kind of really got elevated. El Mariachi made him uh, famous enough to make those films, but it was Antonio Banderas's face as that character that really elevated Rodriguez, I think. Yeah. Um, and Banderas is just entirely he's the most charismatic man. <laughs> Um, he's in a film called 13th Warrior as well, which is, I think, one we've slated for this show. It is, yeah. Um, he plays a Middle Eastern Arab uh, who is uh, sent to uh, the Vikings right, uh, to try and create a trade agreement with the Vikings. And as part of that, he ends up getting wrapped up in a uh, story where he has to kill uh, an ancient evil in the, like, the cold mountains of uh, somewhere like uh, Norway. And he doesn't know the language right and he's got a translator with him who's like oh this is what they're saying but when he gets wrapped up in this thing that guy's like see ya (laughs) disappears off because he's not going to go and get killed by this fucking evil and so banderas has to learn danish by just listening uh and the way they do that is really well done we'll talk about that when that film happens but that sounds like uh it's got a whole web of issues to talk about miscasting a latino man as a middle eastern Man, yeah, that does sound a bit like America being like, okay, there's an acceptable level of brown. <laughs> yes, well, I think that's again that that's quite common. Uh, like back then, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean that was late nineties, so it wasn't that old. But it's even still then, not that it new. was still fairly common. Yeah. I mean, oh, I know, I know. But then they, there was also Ricardo Montalbain as Khan in Star Trek. Yeah, and Khan is a Middle Eastern Sikh dictator. Yeah, played by. Ricardo Montalbain, which they then did even worse job of when it came to Star Trek Into Darkness. I went, yes, Ricardo Montalbain is the wrong race. Let's cast the whitest man, Benedict Cumberbatch, as Middle Eastern dictator. You're like, oh, come on. I know We should be past this by this point. Yeah, and I mean, some of the people that defended went, well, Ricardo Montalbain was wrong as well. I was like, there's 50 years, literally 50 years difference between those two casting choices. Oh, yeah. Between uh, Ricardo Montalbain... From the 19- first episode, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, from- I was about to go, Ratha Khan's not that old. No, but, but he was from in From Dark episode. Seed or yeah, uh, Space, Space Seed. Seed. In 1966. Yeah, I've to- seen that one. It's a good yeah, one. Yeah. It's a good one. Versus it's, 2012, what, what is there should funny, have been a difference in the What casting. is funny about Wrath of Khan and Space Seed, obviously because there was a long period of time between those as yes. well, is Ricardo Montalban doesn't even look like the same person by the time Wrath of Khan comes along. No, but he is ripped. But yeah, Antonio Banderas is very good in, um, there's a film called The Skin I Live In. Right. Which I, I actually don't know the Spanish title, unfortunately. Um, that's my bad. But it's a Spanish language movie by Pedro Almodovar, who's a very famous Spanish director. Yeah. Um, and Banderas is amazing in that. Yeah. Um, 
in a way, I like Banderas in this because it feels unlike anything else I've ever seen Banderas do. I'll agree with that. Um, it's yes, definitely not a standard Banderas performance. No, it's got a uniqueness to it. Mm. Um, you kind of, near the start, you think he's going to be typical Banderas when he... Um, he throws a guy through a window, and but that turns out to be a dream sequence. Um, he throws a guy. Not, it's a big a guy bigger than Banderas. Much bigger yeah, than Banderas. When he throws him, it's like it, it, it doesn't, he doesn't throw him through a window next to him. It's up. He yeah. goes up quite a way. It's almost like through a second-story window. Yeah, yeah, easy and quite uh, a distance as well. Not just up. It's yeah. like up and across. Yeah, um, <laughs> Bandera strikes again. <laughs> yeah, we, we started co- concepting, and by concepting mean having a laugh about uh, a comedy film with Antonio Banderas where he just ruins everything. Banderas, Banderas strikes again. <laughs> hey, call us, Antonio. We want to do it. Um, Carla Gugino is fine. She is... Carla Gugino, I feel, is an actress who doesn't get the respect she deserves. Mm. Um, I've seen her in literally loads of things, and she's always reliably good yeah even if she's not excellent or stand out she's never bad no in anything and i've ever fair, seen she's not bad in this no um i don't think anyone is really bad in this no i just don't except I maybe say, the kids but that's I'll that's get, their will, kids their yeah, children i will give those kids a break on that because yeah. of their age yeah. yeah, and I, I believe, but don't quite mind I think this might have been the first thing either of them did. It would make um, sense to be. I don't think they were experienced actors at all. No. Um, <laughs> They're not Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Though I would have loved to see Patrick Stewart play the boy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> In 2001. <laughs> oh, Professor X era. Yeah. Patrick Stewart. My God. But father. Father, father. Banderas. <laughs> anyway. Um, so let's talk about some of the positives of the film and then yes. we'll get on to some of the negatives. Um, so for the most part, I didn't mind watching the film. Um, I saying I enjoyed it is a hard thing to say. I don't know if I fully want to commit to saying I enjoyed it. I 100% can see why young Jamie liked it. Yep. I think most kids would like it. Mm-hmm. I think the only risk you've got with it, even if you show it to kids today, the only risk you might have is kids are a lot older these days than they were back then. Like, they're much more... Because of the internet, they're much more savvy about the media they consume. I would have put this more towards, like, six-year-olds rather than... Like, when you watched it the first time you were 11, I would have put it more towards a six-year-old bracket, really, rather than already entering the teens level bracket. Oh, I don't know if I agree with... Maybe, but I don't know. For me, I I think... I'm talking about nowadays kids, not, not... Gonna say because for me back then when I was my age and obviously not every kid's this like at six I think I'd only seen Disney movies yeah, yeah. Um, like animated movies you know um, yeah I can so I didn't really in I guess I kind of enjoyed watching it as a novelty nostalgia thing sure um, obviously like if if that was a new film that came out today and I saw it <laughs> I'd be like what the hell is this trash but it's not aimed at someone like me. It is aimed at children, like you say. Um, and I definitely think he has... I think he's achieved what he set out to do. It feels like a film made by kids for kids. Yeah. Because it, it never slows down. It's constantly on the go. It's very tight at 90 minutes. Yep. Um, it does not outstay its welcome. No. Because um, it would be a film that definitely could. Oh, yeah. If it was even 10 minutes longer, we'd be like, come on. 
Yeah. It's it, it's not got that kind of staying power as, no. a, as a concept. Um, and it's funny, now I'm older, I find the kids irritating. Mm. When I was younger, it was like, with their constant bickering, it was like, yeah, because I've got brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah, I get this. <laughs> this <laughs> this so feels right. I have, I have a brother, I used to argue with him all the time, because, mm. you know, siblings. Uh, the problem is, is, unlike yourself, you've obviously got seeing it when it was new current yeah. and you were kind of at least if not at the age then near the age that it would have been appropriate for yeah. that was never going to be potential for me i was 15 when it got released yeah but um certainly now where i haven't seen it even when it was current i've only seen it uh, 18 years later or 20 no 22 years later um i can't see what would make the kids endearing yeah uh, because all they do is act like jerks. Mm. And I know that that can be amusing, that there are characters like, you know, I'm a big fan of the Marx Brothers. Groucho Marx is always a jerk. You know, you're never sitting there going, oh, Groucho Marx is being lovely in this. You know, he's always a dickhead, and that's kind of mm. part of the charm of the character. Um, but there was... Bear in mind that these aren't... These are your, meant to be your sort of, I suppose, empathetic leads... Mm. There was nothing about either of them where you really cared. She was an asshole from the start because she was like always mocking her brother and shunning her yeah. brother. Oh, he's, you know, he's that twatty kid. He was bullied at school, which you think would be an empathetic story, but he spends the whole time lying to everyone and being a dickhead. Yeah, I think that's the, I think as a kid, I saw more of the, oh, this kid gets bullied. Like, you know, and I think he's that's meant like to be your emotional in. But they, I don't, but yeah. watching it back now, yeah, he's actually quite unpleasant. It's like, yeah, I'm glad you're getting bullied. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't that far, but yeah, but yeah, no, I, it, it, I, I think if it was to be like, as you say, they're doing a kind of a reboot. Mm. If that's the idea, then sure, I understand trying to make it feel like a f- children made by kids for kids is is one mm. thing, but I think certainly to make it last. Mm. Uh, you would need to have a slight... You, you need a little bit more elevation in the writing yeah. to ensure that your characters are coming across correctly. Yeah. Um, because there's the, there's the issue with the two kids being unlikable. There's Terry Hatcher just chewing all the scenery and being obvious villain straight away. And then there's the there's Floop being like the bait and switch where he's the villain the whole way through. Mm. He gets betrayed and he doesn't turn on Shalob's character because he's been betrayed... It's just because he's actually been good all along. Yeah. But it's like, at no point has he shown any positivity. Yeah. I, so, as a kid, I remember that twist working. I remember, right. my memory has always been that, the, I'm not even joking, my memory of Spy Kids, obviously coloured by rose-tinted glasses, sure. has always been that that's one of the best twists in film history. Is that the, <laughs> Yeah, seriously, I'm not even joking. That, it's that, just because it wasn't signposted yeah, anywhere. that the villain gets overthrown. Mm. But watching it back now... When he suddenly, when he suddenly starts, because it does come out of nowhere when yeah. he's like, because he's he's all in on the plan. Yeah, and then he comes out and he's like, none of these ideas were mine. I just want to make a good children's show. And you were like, since when? Yeah, like, that was never the point. You, I saw that scene at the beginning when you're telling Robert Patrick you're going to build him an army that can tear people limb from yeah. limb. 
how does that help you with a TV show? Yeah. And also, like, surely there's cheaper ways to make a decent TV show than kidnapping spies and morphing their bodies into weird, deranged yeah, but figures. To be fair, <laughs> I'm not going to criticise them for that, and I'll tell you why. Because there are James Bond films with stupider plots than that. Yeah. And James yeah. Bond is arguably the sensible adult version of Spy Kids. I'll agree with you on that. And uh, actually, I'll be honest, a lot of that stuff is like Roger Moore era stuff. I'm not a fan yeah. of Roger Moore era of Bond. Um, but that's that's a different st- subject. But I, I see your point. Yeah. It very much goes into that ham level of like Bond ham, but with kids. Oh, well. I, I will you, say you something. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, since we're actually meant to be talking about positives and I'm... I've been saying a lot of negatives. Um, the film is very colourful. Mm. I like the colours in this film. Um, it's very unusual nowadays where we're used to... Certainly films... That, there's not a lot of children's movies outside of Disney anymore. That it's aren't not, CGI. It? But there is a lot of teen movies. Mm. And those teen movies are normally colour graded into drab... You know, like they're like Twilight, you know. Well, we'll, just, we'll just drive everything down to sort of greys and browns they're and blues. films. Yeah, and this is unabashedly multicoloured. Like, you'd expect them to have sold toys of this. I don't recall there being toys of this, but it's almost He-Man levels of multicoloured. Like, yeah. why is this guy painted pink? Who cares? He's and a lot, of, a lot of the sets I really liked because they were very... Even not even just Floop's Castle, which is obviously meant to look weird. Yeah. Even like the safe house they go to, it's not a traditional house. No. It's got lots of curves to it and lots of like alcoves and things like that. It's it's almost like a cave, isn't it? Yeah. There's not a lot where it's just square rooms. Yeah. Um, And I think that comes back to the whole idea of making a film that feels like it was made by kids. Because kids wouldn't go, oh, we need to film this scene. I I want a scene that's like this. So let's just do it in a square and everything's in squares. And this is like my lounge. And and it would be fantastical, like almost future armor-esque. Yeah. Because adults would be like, oh, your walls would probably be painted some form of cream. Yeah. Um, most living rooms. Why are. would you a live kid... in a situation like this? And it's like, a kid wouldn't care. It'd be yeah. like, it looks great. Yeah, a kid would just be like, stripes on the walls, neon <laughs> yeah. green, stuff yeah. like and that. I'll tell you, I, I give it praise for that because it, it absolutely, it, it strikes perfectly. Yeah. Um, I actually, I've been thinking about it while I've been talking. I actually don't think this would do well with modern kids. And I'll tell you why. Modern kids, I was just thinking about this. And this is to the film's credit, and it's also me kind of lamenting something we've lost in our culture. Modern kid films, much like adult films, are very product now. Oh, yeah. And they're very um, cynical. Most children's films now, like you said, are animated Pixar films. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I actually can't think of the last live-action children's film I saw. Spy Kids now, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean no I know what you mean because uh, you, you used to get them all the time like Flubber yeah um, Dennis the Menace Spy yep. Kids um, Hook Hook stuff like that you there know was, it, was, it was quite common and it was by big names you know yeah I mean I suppose Harry Potter Harry uh, Potter at least the first two which were Chris Columbus again yeah uh, Mrs. Doubtfire was made for kids even though BBFC went fucking weird on it it's like man dressed as yeah. woman it's gotta be a 12 Home oh, Alone oh Jurassic Park Tyrannosaurus Eats Man PG what oh, no. Home Alone Home Alone it, it was very I mean there's I think Christmas movies might be the the, the exception because there's yeah. uh, again it's not for this it's gonna be for VGMP but this Christmas we're looking at 8-bit Christmas and that is live action 
Yeah. Uh, I think Christmas stuff generally still tends to be live action rather right. than animated. But in general, yeah. like you would not see, uh, they wouldn't have done like live action Frozen. The yeah. only time that, that and oh. in fact, the only people doing those live action films really is Disney, but they're remakes of their animated stuff, and you're yeah. like, this is pointless. Yeah, and no one likes them, let's be honest. No, but they won't take a chance on doing a new live action, like a new property yeah. as a live action children's yeah. film. And a lot of the films, a lot of kids' films, even the animated ones, a lot of them are inspired by things that already exist. Yeah. Lego Batman, Emoji Movie, yep. oh. uh, Lego Movie. Wreck It Ralph, even we liked Wreck It Ralph, yeah, yeah, but it, it sold itself on the look at the video game references. This is something you know, and the sequel is all full of internet references. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but that one's going to be horrific, I think. Yeah, this being an original property that has no ties to anything like that, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like you'd struggle to get kids to watch it. Yeah, I think as well, a lot of what kids watch nowadays is things like the MCU, mm. and the MCU. Uh, has not you know heavy adult themes, but it has slightly more adult themes. Slightly more, there's a lot more danger because they're also built for a general audience such as adults. Yeah. Whereas that there is no real sense of threat or danger in no. Spy Kids. It's not designed to. That's not a negative on the film per se. No. But I do think that might be a negative on a modern child audience. Yeah. Because they'll sit there and go, well, it's just. For, it, it, that's why I was saying it wouldn't work for 11 year olds yeah. now. Because they've yeah. already had too much MCU and things yeah. like that. They'd be like, well, where's Thanos? You know, there's nothing yeah. on that level in Spy Kids. And they wouldn't understand or care yeah. that it's not designed to be on that level. You notice there's, there's absolutely no guns in it. Uh, they have a couple of laser guns at one point, but they don't fire. No, yeah, there's no they, real... they end up throwing the gun, don't they? And it yeah, blows there's up no the realistic no guns. No. Even the adult spies no, don't have true. guns. And that was actually a deliberate decision by Rodriguez. I feel like my thing is getting lower and lower, sorry. That was actually a deliberate decision by Rodriguez because the thing that made him... He'd always wanted to do a family film, but the thing that finally kick-started him to write, yes, I'm going to write this, was a fan came up to him and said, oh, me and my son absolutely love, I think it was Desperado. We love it. And Robert Rodriguez went, how old's your son? And he was like, 10. And Rodriguez was like, oh. your son should not be watching Desperado. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, I will make a film he can watch, okay? Um... <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Though I've known people to do that. It's... Oh, I, I've got a friend whose mum showed him Alien. Alien yeah. at six years old. I had a friend who was exactly the same, and you know what? It twisted him up. He said, yeah. it, "You know, I was fine." I'm like, but he, he he had a youth where he lied a lot, and I'm like, I'm not just I'm not saying Alien made this guy a liar. It's just kind of um, I think it was part of a greater issue of um, you know being what's the word ne uh, neglected mm. and just being like, I'll watch that and just shut up. Yeah. So just watching a load of horrors and stuff like that must have had an effect on him. Even if uh, his machismo would not have allowed it yeah. to have been stated uh, vocally. But yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, but, I, I, but yeah, I know that was a positive that I wanted to shine on it. It is. Yeah. It, is a, it definitely, it hits the level it's going for. Mm. It's colorful. Yeah. And some of the actors in it absolutely hit their mark. I also noticed, and this ties in kind of to what you said about there's no sense of danger, really. You notice none of the adults ever attack the kids. The, clo no. the closest you get is in the safe house, which, as you pointed out, they kind of just stand there and let her hit them. Yeah. Um, they don't really 
go to grab her like there's viciously. no like tight grabbing throwing against the, the wall the worst is probably when terry hatcher's fighting with her terry hatcher's probably the closest that we get to an adult attacking yeah. the children and even that is quite tame because the, the only fights they have are with the robot children yeah so it's children fighting children yeah um but it's not it's children fighting robots you know and what surely I mean, that's though. worse true true in reality that would be worse yeah because imagine, imagine if you saw, like, it's like a kid's getting slapped by their mum or dad. You're like, that's terrible. But a child getting their arm crushed in a... By a robot. By a robot. You might probably, all the bones popping out. That'd probably be worse. By a robot. Yeah. Doesn't happen in this film, though. No, 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 no. Like, uh, like they're shown to be super strong and be able to punch through concrete. But mm. when they punch the spy kids around, it's just like, oh, I've gone flying a bit. Oh, oh, that was a bit breezy. Yeah. You're like, mate. If you could punch in concrete, I mean, that would shatter that, your clavicle. That, that's a problem I like to refer to as the Wesker problem. Yeah. Which is how many times... Obviously, I always get Resident Evil into everything. <laughs> but in Resident Evil, how many times is Wesker shown to be strong enough to, like you say, punch through concrete, punch straight through someone's body? All the times he hits Chris, he never hits him hard enough to kill him. To be fair, Chris has been training by punching boulders, so... Yeah, but Wesker's punching through people. Yeah, but he can't punch through boulders. And he can punch through Chris. Like, you can actually... There is an instant death animation you can get where Wesker punches his hand clean it's through you. It's not canon. But, well, that's it. It can't be canon because... Uh, anyway, the point is, that's a typical thing in media, isn't it? Where they'll be like, this is how strong this character is. And then you're like, oh, actually, if that character's that strong, they basically would just kill everyone. Yeah, they so, just punch uh, someone and accidentally kill them, even oops. if they didn't intend to. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I think that's not a logic fail of this film. That's just a standard thing that happens in scripting. I'm not going to actually yeah. weigh that against the film. That's because yeah. that, that happens a lot in the, we've mentioned it already, like more quote unquote serious stuff uh, yeah. or more adult stuff. Certainly, you know, has the same logic fail. Yeah. It's just a generic storytelling. They method. do it in, I mean, Marvel is a, a, a terrible thing for <laughs> it because you, you sat there and you're like, this is how strong the Hulk is. You can literally, like you see him literally take buildings down with a single punch. Yeah. But then you need him to punch a villain, but you need the villain to nod. Loki, Loki he should punches, be dead. Yeah, he punches Loki in the first Avengers, doesn't he? Yeah, and he literally does that thing where he grabs him and he's like slamming him repeatedly. Yeah. Loki would be dead. He's good. But uh, anyway. So is there any more positives you wanted to... Um, shine on the film I don't think so other than just to say like I said I, I thought most of the performances were fine um, for the most part I think it gets the right tone mm -hmm. there are scenes that there are scenes that you could argue are negatives but then you could also argue are positives like there's a bit where they ride a jetpack through a department store yep and hardly anyone reacts to it except the kid. There's a child that and, reacts to it, and, and the, the the mothers are looking through yeah. the clothes and not reacting. And if no one, if no one reacted to it, I would think it was a mistake. I'd be like, oh, this is clearly because they still were experimenting. With, I think this is the first use of CGI for Robert Rodriguez. He Maybe. obviously didn't take into account that you would have to have everyone reacting. Blah blah blah. The fact that only the kids react, I actually think what he's doing instead is a commentary again on how the film is made by children and when children because i know i did this as a kid when you used to play make-believe because back in the day kids we had to play make-believe we didn't have uh, you know ipads and constant streams of content yeah. you used to have to do things where you'd like hold two sticks in the wood and be like these are swords and you and your brother would play fight that you were pirates or something like that wouldn't yeah. you yeah. um we used to pretend oh, we had bunk beds and we used to pretend that it was a ship on a stormy sea 
and we'd be like holding on to it like oh these waves are very terrible and treacherous and stuff like that <laughs> uh yes i'm not even joking but obviously the bed's not going anyway it's not really a ship but in our minds it, it was you know <laughs> no i get what you mean yeah, yeah. um and i f- and when you do Did that you as a kid your bunk beds the galleon no oh. and when you do that as a kid you never think about the real world implications of if what you were doing was happening. So if yeah. you really were, um, if you really were spies with the jetpacks, you're not thinking of oh everyone would be turning and being like oh my god. Da, 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 da. I think only the kid does because kids share in the imagination. I thought it was meant to be a joke on the fact that women shopping just don't t- just don't notice anything else. It could be that too. <laughs> For whatever, let's reason, go with sexism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, it doesn't actually work um, as a joke. Yeah, uh, it so, just feels a bit weird. Yeah, it just is a bit of an odd moment. Uh, so uh, all the jetpack stuff feels a bit weird. The jetpack the effect stuff... doesn't really work. I don't think. So let's get on to some of the negatives of the film. Then the gr- all 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 of the green screen in this is fucking atrocious, yeah. and I'm talking about worse than YouTube level. There's, I mean, I've seen YouTube creators on zero budget do way better than this. Yeah, and I know that there's a discrepancy in the dates. You know, obviously modern technology and film editing techniques, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But this was a relatively biggish budget film. Yeah. Uh, I know most of that probably went on the cast, but at the same token, it had a decent budget. And it's by a guy who, and maybe this is unfair of me because I'm used to his work in Sin City, which was superb. Mm. Um, but obviously that was made five years after this. But yeah, his work on the, the, the green screen in this is is literal garbage. Mm. You can see the edges. You can see where they're at to blur and demist stuff around the edges, around characters. It all looks incredibly slap on. Yeah. And most of the CGI is PS1, maybe every now and then PS2 level. It's not great. No, it's it's above Mummy Returns, I felt. And it, to be honest, the turd <laughs> on my shoe is above Mummy Returns. <laughs> Plasticine rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jesus. Um, but yeah, uh, as you pointed out, it would have been around this time. It would have been around this time the first Harry Potter came out. Yep. Now, granted, I haven't seen the first Harry Potter in a long time but I don't remember it looking this bad. It's not as ropey as this. I've seen it more recently, and mm. I didn't like it, but it, that's neither here nor there. I didn't like that film, and I know it's like comparing it with this directly and the yeah. visual effects it blows this out of the water. Yeah. Now, it does have... That's not even fair, because I was going to say it's got a more... Um, I suppose for the time it would be correct to say that it's a more established director in Christopher Columbus because he, oh one hundred percent he was yeah. at the height of his powers yeah but his powers if, if, in fact it all kind <laughs> of went wrong after Harry Potter yeah I think that was the last major thing Chris Columbus really did wasn't then it he turned up with Pixels oh he did do Pixels didn't he and that's a yeah, great he, film he went on a big gap that's... between the second Harry Potter and Pixels yeah um and that was a great film that we'll cover at some point. I'm sure that will be as great as it looks. Mm. But I will say this: Pixel's vis- visual effects look great. They didn't, yeah. but it oh, does have like fifteen like years later. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. And but I yeah. imagine I bet a higher budget, to be honest. Oh, I'm I'm no Adam doubt Sandler, it has a higher budget. Adam Sandler, for whatever reason, is still a bankable star. I have no idea how that happens, but it is damn true. Um, him, people used to love Adam Sandler in the 90s and the early noughties. Yeah. Adam Sandler was like the comedy guy, wasn't he? Yeah, like. His films were like big deals. I remember people going to... And then he got a reputation for always making schlock. 
Yeah, yeah. And, for, and for always being the same in every film. Yeah, which pa- was a bit of a shame because he's he he does do some amazing acting work in mm. certain films, just not generally the ones we connect to his yeah. brand, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, so all the visual effects in this are garbage. There's some re- like some of the ropiest stuff is like uh, Floop is in a uh, he's got basically a VR chamber. Oh, that's the worst effect in yeah, the film. Yeah, and there's a bit where he's he's floating around. It looks terrible enough as it is. And he tells them to turn off the visual effects thing in it so he can return to normal. Yeah. And you look, basically, they've not built a VR room. He's in a green screen, and yeah. that looks awful itself. And then the VR room they've built in CGI, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be out of place to say that. I've seen better-looking PS1 it looked, games. It looked like a level in GoldenEye. <laughs> I think GoldenEye has better... Like, and GoldenEye had better textures yeah. than this. Like, I'm like, how did it get this bad? Um... And I can only imagine they must have run out of budget or time or both. Yeah, it must have been one of the two. But because uh, it's it's a shame. Knowing because... Robert Rodriguez, it's probably because you know he's got a tendency to do all the roles himself. He, despite knowing nothing about CGI, he probably went fine. I'll do it myself. Probably did because he, he had a took huge a hand. Shot. <laughs> I mean, with Sin City, uh, the actual design of how to make the visual effects of that was mm. something he pioneered. Yeah. So. He obviously wasn't pioneering shit with Spy Kids, but I assume that's probably where he started learning the craft to yeah. then pioneer stuff five years later. I do want to read his book. He actually has a book that is about the making of El Mariachi and the lessons he learned making it yeah. called Rebel Without a Crew. Because he did nearly <laughs> he did every job yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, and he continues to, even today, now he's got big budgets, continues to still make movies that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, you know what? I don't. I. I don't hate that. In fact, I have massive respect for it. Mm. You know, someone who, it, it, at the very least, even when he's got a bigger budget and he has a, a competent crew around him, it must make it much easier for him to communicate his wants and needs when he knows the basics of how those roles work. Um, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to be the expert at it. He's hired the expert, but if he can communicate on their level, then that makes it a lot quicker and a lot easier to get things done. Um, yeah, so, what other negatives did you have? We already mentioned that. That or was it more bad CGI you wanted to call out? No, no, no. I, I, I don't want to spend too. There, there were a couple CGI. of there were a couple of bad moments. I mean, the thumb thumbs never look great. No, they always they look, look awful, tapped on for the most part. But there's a couple bits where they look especially bad. Uh, mostly when they're attacking the the safe house and they're coming through the windows. Oh God, they, they look, look really bad there. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, I think I've said enough of my piece on this terrible ropey CGI. It is god-awful. Mm. Um, it is worse than YouTube level. Yeah, I mean, I have seen worse, I have to admit. Yeah, we were... Well, uh, <laughs> but the thing but is, the only I, things with I've lower seen... budgets or being made yeah. earlier. I mean, Gamebox 1.0... Don't, no, don't even say it was as bad as that. It's no, not. it's not as bad as Gamebox 1.0, but it's not far off it. Yeah, and Gamebox 1.0 had difference. zero budget, pretty much. Yeah. So th- that's kind of where I'm sitting on it. Now, uh, to be fair, also Gamebox 1.0 was about four years later. Right. So, yeah, it's but it's around the same. I keep same forgetting sort of time. how old. I keep forgetting that that was newer because it's got an actor who basically only notable thing he was in was Sabrina. Sabrina the Teenage Mutant Ninja played Harvey and, in the uh, original yeah, series. I keep thinking it must have been made in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. But then I think Sabrina was like ninety eight to two thousand and four. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. Because it had six seasons. My understanding of time has been changed forever. <laughs> so Sabrina, Sabrina the Teenage Witch survived through the generation of spy kids 
Mm. <laughs> well, it makes no, well, there's no uh, actual connection uh, there uh, other uh, than... T- the until they made Spy Kids done, 4 but... in 2011. Oh, God. And then they've just done an animated Spy Kids in 2018. Anyway, uh, yeah. Is there any other negatives that you didn't like in the film? Uh, no, I don't think so. I've, I think I mentioned everything that I had that yeah. was negative. I don't think there's any point trying to find a deeper meaning in this film because it doesn't have one. It's that's not the point of the film. No, uh, it'd be a bit silly aiming your film at kids and then being like, "Put all the subtext." Yeah, what are you doing? No, <laughs> like, well, there's, I, I disagree with that. Because I'm not saying kids can't that do have subtext, even um, whether it's for the kids or for the adults. parents watching. Yeah, um, this definitely doesn't have any of that. I think I would have preferred if it did, mm. but I can understand why, with the idea that Robert Rodriguez had, why he didn't, because kids generally don't write subtext. Yeah. Whether or not they understand it is a different thing, but they definitely don't write it. But yeah, no, I think, I think I've said everything I've got to say about it. Yeah. Film, really. So, uh, are you glad you've finally seen Spy Kids? Was it as awful as you were expecting? Because I know you were dreading watching this one. Yeah, no, I, I will say this, it's not... I honestly thought it was going to be worse than it was. Yeah. I will also say it's not much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But the fact that it was better is always a nice positive. Um, yeah, the the rope, the ropey visual effects, I think, are the thing that st- stood out the worst for me, simply because I expected better. Yeah. That was the one thing where it actually went underneath my expectations. But I thought the acting and the writing and the, the design of the film would be a lot worse than it actually was. Yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised. And there were some genuine bits of slapstick, even by the kids, that worked. Um, I would disagree with people like Roger Ebert, who seemed to give it unnecessarily high praise. Yeah. Uh, it is not the fine piece of well-matured art that everyone that on that list of people you read at the beginning seemed to think it was. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it they, is trash, I mean, to be fair, but it's they, decent enough yeah. average trash. Yeah, and to be fair, they were all saying, for a kid's film. There's always that caveat. Yeah, but I don't give. I don't think that's right because there's a lot of kid's films that are far superior to this and more artistic mm. than this, and they are kid's movies. There's some. I can think of some. No, here's the thing, because any time you say, I think there might be a couple, and I went, well, think about things like Toy Story, think about things like Lion King. Oh, yeah, like, I, no, yeah, no, but you, I'm not counting thing. animated films for a minute, I'm counting live-action children's films. But they are kids' films. movies. Yeah, no, I'm counting live-action children's films. Okay, Mrs. Doubtfire had more depth Not to a kids' it. film, in my opinion, I've never thought of Doubtfire it as was, a kids' film. It, by Robin Williams himself, he said, and Christopher Columbus, it was a children for kids to understand uh, the fact that their parents can divorce. It's mm. not their fault, and it doesn't mean that their life is ending. Mm. You know, there was a, it was designed for kids. It's not our fault that the B was not their fault that the BBFC was charlatans and were like, "Oh, you can't have someone dressing up as a woman." Mm. You know that that's weird. I, I thought it was a film to warn you when your father's secretly a psychopath. I mean, he is a psychopath, but it's not framed that way. Pierce Brosnan is a lovely stepfather in that film, but Robin he Williams does nothing just, wrong in no, that film. But Robin Williams literally tries to kill him. Literally tries to kill him. Uh, someone there was a video somewhere on YouTube where someone calculated the crimes of mm. Robin Williams' character in that film, uh, and including that, identity fraud. Yeah, 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 all of them, and it was like it would come to about. Look at yeah, and it was like, it came to like, he'd get, pro- on minimum, like going by the minimum sentence, it was like 200 years in prison and about <laughs> like uh, $200,000 uh, 
yeah. in fines and all this sort of shit. It was like yeah. insane levels of crime. But either way, like the way that was framed, that was framed mm. for children. Yeah. Flobber is framed for children. Flobber's worse than this. Flobber yeah. is one of the worst movies I've ever seen I've in my life. I've not seen Flobber, so... So Flubber, I remember Flubber coming out. I was a kid. All the marketing was aimed at me. Yeah. I even had the toys. Remember when McDonald's and Disney had a deal? Yeah, and yeah. you used to get Disney toys in McDonald's Happy Meals? I even got Flubber toys. Right. Was really looking forward to the film. Saw the film and was like, this is so boring. Right. But what the fuck is happening? <laughs> All the good bits are in the trailer. Right, gotcha. So just um, watch a trailer, you've seen the best of Flubber. Yeah. Um, so um, we, we can go more modern I'm though. trying like to think of what's like, better than it. Sonic, like the Sonic movies. They have a meaning to them that underlies them that isn't in Spy Kids. I know this is really weird though. And I know it's not technically right either. It's just a gut feeling I have. I feel like kids' films like this aren't made anymore. They don't I, exist yeah, anymore. I'll agree with you on that one. Because completely. even something like Sonic, it's actually, although it is kid-friendly, let's be honest, it's more aimed at people our age for the nostalgia factor. Maybe that's the maybe that's where the it's disconnection the is at the moment. Yeah, because... A lot of children's movies now are made with their parents in mind. Yeah. And there have always been films like that, yeah. kids' films that are like that, um, which this is a... why I think things like Toy Story work and things like that as yeah. well. But there there used to be quite a lot of children's films that were literally so childish yeah. that adults would literally just be like, what the fuck am I watching? Mm. You know, they're clearly only made for children. Yeah. And that doesn't happen And they anymore. had a charm to them as well. So something like, again, I think it's because I'm thinking of things that aren't based on a property. So something like Homeward Bound. Is that the one I'm thinking of? That's the one the with the dogs. cats and the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the cat and the two uh, dogs. They, have to, they get yeah. left with someone and I they I feel like go, there's a bird as well. Is there a bird? Not in the first one. No. Um, Holes is a good example, a more modern example. The Shia that. LaBeouf film. Okay. Also a Disney film. Um, that's the film that made Shia LaBeouf, though. Um yeah, it, it it's a type of film that has a magic to it. Like, like what one thing I agree with what she said in that retrospective. This is a film from an age where your film could just be fucking weird, and you didn't have to justify why it was weird. That's true. You can tell this is not written by committee and commercialized. Yeah, you could you could yeah. just be like, hey, our villain has four heads. Because reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now you'd have to be like, well, his origin story can be seen in the prequel movie. Yeah, in the Spy Kids c uh, cinematic universe. Yeah, and you have to read the tie-in comic book and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. The, yeah, no, that is true. Um, but yeah, um, but I, I, I get what you mean. Like, this is not the best example of a child's, of a children's film. No. By any means. It's interesting. It's an interesting artifact, though. Like, I, I would never have guessed that he was trying to go for making a film that's made by children, mm. like, in, in terms of its style and tone. Yeah. But that's exactly what I would have said about it, which yeah. means that it's exactly, he hit the He's nail on the head. He's done what he wanted, yeah. After. I do find it funny. One of the things I like about Rodriguez is his versatility as well, because yes. I, I looked at his filmography. He's actually done like seven or eight children's movies right. now, because um, he's done four Spy Kids, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, right. um, We Can Be Heroes, which is the one he did with his whole family, right. and, and a couple of other ones that I, I've literally never heard of, but he's done them. But then he's also made stuff like Planet Terror, 
which is ultra violent, ultra gory. Yeah. Well, Sin City, which is like a noir action comic book piece. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's really noir. Like, yeah. Really dark, really old school CD. Yeah. It's uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, and Alita Battle Angel, which is live action anime. Yeah. And it's got a very we haven't you haven't seen it yet, have you? I've seen trailers, so I know what you're going to talk about with the like the weird eyes that like yeah. they filmed humans, but then sort of distorted them to make them look half anime. anime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think that's only to Alita herself. I think. Right. I think everyone else looks, but you do still have that weird thing because like you get someone who. Um, someone who is ro- they're a ro- their, their entire body is robot except their face. Right. And it's actually the guy, um, I believe it's the guy from, who's the villain in Deadpool 1, I think. Oh, okay. Um, and that's really weird because it's just his face stuck on a metal body. And that's really weird. But um, yeah, my, my point is there's a wide range of styles from... Mr. Rodriguez, yeah, yeah. which arguably, because um, we, we had this conversation on Jamie, your film taste sucks a bit, because we were on about him and the other director we mentioned was um, Stephen Sondheim, is it? Right. Um, he's another director who's made loads and loads of very well-praised movies, all in different genres. Yeah. And we were talking about directors like him and Rodriguez, and why they're not as well-known as, say, Nolan, Tarantino, um, especially Tarantino, because everyone talks about Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. And Though we were... Rodriguez and Tarantino, as we've mentioned before, they normally mention together. Yeah, but I, I feel like the general public don't know Rodriguez, but they Not all know the Tarantino. Vein, maybe, yeah. And we were saying, like, we think it's because they're chameleons. Tarantino, you know when a film has been made by Tarantino, because he can't knot Tarantino all over it. That's true. I feel like Rodriguez can suppress those urges. Uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't tell you what makes a film a Rodriguez specific. Yeah. Like you know, there's nothing that gives away that is Spy Kids. Rodriguez. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing that gives away that Spy Kids and Sin City are the same director. No, no, that's true. But Tarantino, or, uh, or both of those and Desperado. Yeah, but they Tarantino, could be three different directors. Yeah, exactly. But Tarantino, there's always something that gives it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, is my point. But anyway, I think we've probably milked all the conversation we can out of Spy Kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, have we run long enough? Yeah, yeah. I feel like we have. We have, yeah. Cool. So, I think we'll wrap it up there. I don't think we are going to be watching... Well, we'll be watching the third one over on VGMP, Ugh. but uh, I don't <laughs> think we'll be watching any of the others, no, um, unless this fifth one does come out and is video game relevant. I hate um, it if it is. Please don't do it. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, we've already got enough shite to watch on VGMP. We've got Uwe Boll's back catalogue. We've got the rest of Paul W.S. Anderson's Resident oh. Evil. You know what I mean? It's like, there's enough yeah. shite. Please don't give us more shite, Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> You've got so many good movies we can cover on well, this show so instead. Apparently, despite me despite it bombing apparently they are moving forward with elite battle angel 2 all right well, apparently I, I haven't seen the first one to know whether not ass- the second one is interesting i am assuming I that's so. i'm assuming it's purely because because uh, you know they're produced by james cameron yeah yeah it's the P- avatar thing presumably it's because he's made so much fucking money again with avatar 2 which i didn't see coming um that cl- clearly the studio have just gone Make whatever the fuck you want, James. <laughs> what do you want to do? I'd like to do a sequel to Battle Angel, please. There you go. Yeah. Have at it. <laughs> Just keep making movies Just about keep blue people. Cash for us, my <laughs> yeah. Friend. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for spending some time with us. That is a wrap on Spy Kids. We will see you next time. <laughs>